Turns out in the end, Lovecraft Country was all about family. This is <laughs> spoilers. This is spoilers. Josh makes me do a spoiler on each one of these and he never laughs at it. And I hate that he makes me do this. But hey, welcome to Spoilers, everybody. The last episode of Lovecraft Country Spoilers. I'm your host, Pappy, recording from Wildfire Country right now, uh, Colorado. Here to take you through, like I said, the last episode and kind of do a series recap, our thoughts on Lovecraft Country Season 1. I guess I don't know if it's done for sure, but joining me tonight, we have returning to spoilers for already his fourth time, the host of Goodbye Mellow Brick Road, which just wrapped its third season. Look for it on iTunes. Dave Mello, Dave, you've racked up three appearances already in Spooky Spores. Why don't you tell the audience, one, where you're recording from, and two, what is your favorite all-time Halloween costume that you had, either as a kid or like a college student or last year or, or this year? What's, what's your favorite all-time Halloween costume? Well, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Um, love to be a part of the spooky spoilers. Um, I'm recording from Boston, Massachusetts. You know, we out here. And uh, <laughs> my favorite Halloween costume that I ever wore, I mean, I'm partial to my Jonathan Papelbon costume. I went all in on that back in the day, but I got to give the edge (laughs) to my freshman year in college Halloween costume, and I went as Kato Kalin, one of the witnesses from the OJ trial. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we know who he is. God, that's so specific. (laughs) Did anyone your age get it? No, they thought I was... um, Surprisingly, they thought I was the large penguin from Surf's Up. (laughs) (laughs) Also would have been a great costume. I don't know who that is. It's like the Jeff Bridges or something. Did you do the Jonathan Papelbon dance when you dressed oh. as him? I was so obnoxious as a child because every opportunity I had, I would do that Jonathan Papelbon dance. I did it at two weddings. I was the worst kind of person. Man, an obnoxious Boston sports fan. That's a surprise. <laughs> Never would have saw that coming. But more towards the Midwest, we have money. Mikey Tor. Mikey, like I mentioned before this podcast, your hosting of The Mist, Stephen King Classic, will be up on this feed later this weekend. Sorry for the delay, Chokey, who requested that. But... Also coming out soon, we have Cyberpunk and Mandalorian. Mikey, what are you most looking forward to in terms of media, video games, art that's coming out? And and where are you recording from tonight? Well, I'm recording from Goshen, Indiana. And I think uh, as a collective, we're all pretty excited for Mandalorian. Those are some Mm -hmm. easy episodes that we get to record together. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, And yeah, I'm just excited to see where Baby Yoda takes us this season. I need some more memes in my life something positive uh that i can see on twitter besides just everyday stuff question about the mandalorian i saw this like posed by like some i don't know those like screen junkies sites or whatever what question one do you think there will be a movie eventually uh probably i mean it's such a home run and it's my favorite star wars thing i i hate <laughs> everything that George Lucas came up with. So uh, I like The Mandalorian. I think it's great, and I think it'd make a great movie. I don't know if Baby Yoda would be in it, but I think it'd be a pretty cool movie. Do you think we'll have it in theaters by that time? Question two. Or do you think that we're destined for a qu- straight to Quibi uh, <laughs> specials from now? Oh, uh, yeah. we got to say RIP to Quibi this week. Uh, pour one out for the homie Quibi. He 
was brutally shot in the street <laughs> by corporate executives. Kassenberg's like, well, you massacred my boy. Uh, you really massacred my boy. I don't, I, Pap, I don't even know when, what the timeline is for movie theaters. I have not even thought about a movie theater yeah. in months, even before Corona. So I, I am not too concerned about that at all. I'm not going to pay 30 bucks for it. I'll just wait until it's free on Disney Plus. Uh, but yeah, I'm not concerned about movie theaters at all right now. Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of bad news lately. So, Josh, that's why I wanted to come to you, uh, social justice warrior, lo- local expert. Why don't you tell us where you're recording from and why don't you give us some good news? Any any kind of good news? Uh, what, what do we have to celebrate in the world of Josh? That Josh, who helped form the way this podcast is sounds and edited a key member of the Spoilers cast. Wow, this is the nicest intro ever. Um, Thank you. I guess in the world of Josh, I mean, you're asking me to say something really selfish, so I guess I'll just snap at it. But um, had a couple pieces for my real life work get nominated for chicago emmys this year so yeah. that's pretty cool that's um, awesome not gonna mention that workplace here but uh wise move slide into the dms on ig i'll send you a couple links we'll chat about it it's a safe place over there and that's how you got us uh we, we had early access to some some movies in the past was that that connection right because you're an emmy winning documentarian or emmy nominated documentarian yeah i was hoping and maybe this isn't something we should bring up on the pod but with <laughs> dave here i feel like guilting people on the pod is like a thing now but we yeah. should take advantage of those more like we can mm-hmm. do some premieres they're not huge movies or anything usually but um that was really fun i think stevie and mikey drove up for baby driver Classic spoilers episode. I don't have that in front of me, but more classic spoilers was we've done a lot of TV recently. Actually, this year we've done quite a bit of TV, and this is the end of the Lovecraft Country. Josh, I wanted to let's start with you. I wanted to do this episode a little bit differently, rather than plot point by plot point. I kind of wanted to just pick a character and talk about what happens to them in this episode, and, and moreover, where you know we leave them, what was their arc, and kind of how we feel about them. Where do you? Want to start, Josh? Is tick any dies. character that- tick mm. dead? Tick dies. Yeah, dead. Tick. Pretty brutally too. Yeah. Uh, there's a yeah. There's some shots of his arms getting slashed like the long way, the not so good way, man. Um, he's like being crucified basically, and Christina at this point is like just not let anything get in her way. She's just steamrolled everyone. So he really does like the prophecy said, get killed and. I don't know. We can get to more of the plot later, but I guess the spoiler is he knew that going in and wrote a note to his dad, like explaining himself. And we end the whole thing on a voiceover from Tick. (laughs) Well, we do get a little bit of D at the end, but I mean, Mike, we've talked about the kind of how confusing the story can be. Do you, do you understand why, Tix had to sacrifice himself and what what was happening in that in that final scene because that that was kind of like the main the main scene of this whole episode that the final sacrificial scene back at the mansion uh well i think josh is tick the christ-like uh character <laughs> <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. i want to be christ-like josh not social josh's warrior i just want to put that out i want to bring my brand, one. bring my brand back he's strung up there uh in the same fashion that Jesus is, he's kind of like crucified up there. I don't know what he's attached to, like what Christina's 
contraption or whatever to get this thing going, but it's an orrery. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't fully understand the uh, what the the Gia girl was doing. I, I mean, you go mm. into this not understanding the magic at all. So it's just like whatever they're doing on screen is just we have to take it at face value that something is happening that we're not aware of. And she's like, I don't know, transferring energy or something between Christina and Tick. And something is happening there. I don't know what's going on. but Just to add some color to that, I, I laughed out loud. There's a moment where Letty is just like, Hallelujah, hallelujah, but in the like language of Adam, just going nuts. And uh, who's the girl who's like the nine-tailed tiger? She is Gia. like she's wrapped up in smoke, grabbing Tick, who's like kind of dead, who's like grabbing Christina, and it's like she's got hairy tentacles coming out of <laughs> every <laughs> orifice in her body. It was complete mayhem, and I'm sorry to say, guys, but I don't know if I was like emotionally into it. I I laughed. <laughs> Dave, how'd you feel in that final scene? Honestly, I felt underwhelmed. Like I, characters have died and come back with virtually no consequence throughout most of the show. Mm-hmm. That when Tick made the sacrifice, I was like, I don't know if I really even buy it. And even if he is dead, I don't feel like I cared because I never really cared about the characters during the show. I just cared about how cool a lot of the scenes were. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, it definitely does. I, you mentioned Gia. She's so fucking useless in that last sequence. Like I, like I don't even know why she needs to run in the smoke and make the connection. Like I was talking to Tanya, my fiance, and she was explaining it to me that there was something that they needed to be connected or something like Tick Ugh. and Christina and I don't. And, and Titus? Yeah, like, that. that's what I'm talking about. We don't know what's going on right at that moment. Like, What, what is the smoke she's anyway? She's transferring some sort of... Yeah, she's doing <laughs> right. some sort of magic. We don't know what it is or what it's doing, but there's magic happening all over the screen. It's just, like, stuff all out of context. I feel like I know where this pod's going, and it's not so bright. But <laughs> let, me, let me bring out one good thing in this end scene is... I thought there was a real bright spot in Michael Kenneth Williams kind of discovering Tick Oof. being dead. Yeah. That was actually pretty effective, I thought. And maybe it's just he's such a good actor, it came through. I forget where I saw the comparison, but I saw a Simba Mufasa comparison. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> sad. Uh, yeah, he was great in this, but yeah. I, also in that last scene was Letty. And I kind of want to go back a little bit with, with Letty. So. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the ancestral plane stuff in a second, but Dave, do you think Letty is a selfish person? Because Ruby certainly accuses her of being that. Hmm. I, I would say, you know what, I'm going to say a little bit. Like, I mean, ultimately her choices kind of pay off for the greater good, um, but I don't know if she's necessarily thinking that many steps ahead. She's a very emotional character. She's very in the moment at many times. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the decisions she makes, um, you know, even in the previous episode, right, they say uh, she chose, they're mad at her for choosing invincibility over um, helping anyone else, basically. And there's there's 
positives and negatives to that, and it ultimately kind of works out. But I mean, I really love her. Like, she's probably my favorite character, so I, I'm hesitant to be too harsh. But I think that there's definitely uh, some streaks of ambiguity in her. I, I think- just think Journey Smollett. Sorry, Pep. I just I wanted to say she acted well and good throughout this whole thing. I I just think that poorly written in the last episode. Nothing against her specifically. I just even like I don't even I I think she might be the best actress you know or best thespian whatever best performer in this whole series potentially that she's so scene stealing. I I think that it's like her complexity that kind of makes her interesting in a lot of ways. What I didn't buy. Though Mikey is like Dave mentioned this, why she, she falls out a window then comes back? Do you do you have any idea why? No, I don't. Because <laughs> uh, the scene before Christina takes apparently it takes her. This is also the other thing. Why doesn't Christina just brand herself with uh, invincibility or whatever? I don't understand why she hasn't done that. I guess immortal is different than invincible, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, J- Journey Smollett's brand of invincibility or whatever never left, I guess, even though it looked like Christina had taken it away with magic and like a scene previously. Um, but she gets up and walks away to not even go help Tick to watch him die. <laughs> she doesn't try to do anything until he's already dead. According to uh, Alan Sepinwall's interview with Misha Green, um, she had the invincibility restored to her after she was um, thrown out because the um, Christina wanted to keep her promise to Ruby by protecting um, Letty, which was not clear in the episode, but that's how I learned from the interview. Like, how are we supposed to know that at all? It's not on screen at all, really, I don't think. I guess that's a cool detail, but... I mean, Ruby dies off screen in dialogue at the top of the watchtower as Ruby. So you actually have no emotional connection to Ruby actually dying. Like, there's nothing. You, you don't see it. You're just supposed to believe it. And, like, this is coming from a show that had that same character sticking her high heel up a dude's bloody butt. <laughs> like, what do they do? Why? Why did they do that off screen? It's not a gotcha moment. I don't understand that choice. I guess that is assuming I, I I'm totally agreeing with what you're saying. And like it, when I was doing my research and then like kind of like poking around some other reviews, saying what people were saying, universally, Ruby dying off screen is being criticized as like a a poor choice for the character. I guess do we know that this is the end of Lovecraft though? Is, does anyone know that for sure? Are there going to be more seasons? She wants more. She said that there's, she said in her mind, there's like 20 seasons that she can create. Cause to me, like there's, if, if there are more seasons, the show's kind of already done like the game of Thrones thing or no one's, uh, no one's ever really gone star Wars. You know I mean? Like she could easily, <laughs> easily come back. I don't know. But speaking of, speaking of Ruby though, what, why did we not get to see the sex scene between her and Christina? Why have we seen every other sex scene but not that one? That bothered me. This is the off-screen Ruby episode. Yeah, everything with her happens <laughs> off-screen. <laughs> they showed her skin sloughing off earlier. I've said the word sloughing on this pod like 19 times in the last few episodes. <laughs> Sick of it. 
what was Ruby's like? I don't know motivations or like where why were her alliances with Christina so much? I mean, she was lying to her the whole time, thinking she was the vampire-looking white guy <laughs> for half the season. Well, it's like she has this like deep bond with her, and they're banging all the time, and then. Again, off screen, Letty convinces her to actually steal the blood because because Letty is pregnant. But it, I don't know why we don't get to see that moment. I I don't know. I guess we're on the Ruby Christina track now, Josh. What do you make of Christina as a character now? Because it, I think that she is complex, and I think. She, she kind of makes an offer to the group, and I think that she was telling the truth, especially based on what Dave is saying, if she kept her word about Letty. Yeah, and I think that was another weak point of the episode in that, like, why doesn't Tick want to trade the book for his family's safety? That was the reason he was, like, journeying to get the book in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like Christina's character still, and... I like that we haven't truly talked about Dee's ending at the very end, because that might be a good bright spot of the episode, too. But Christina um, kind of dying brutally, and I guess you kind of understand her motivations a little bit. I mean, it's super selfish to want to become immortal, but you get that she's like a type A person and wants to get the job done at any cost. Um Right? Is there a little bit there, like, of empathy towards her, maybe? A little bit? Towards Christina? Yeah, at all? I, because I, I'm picking up what Pappy's laying down. Like, I think when she came in and said, hey, if you give me the book, we're done, and I'll find something else to do, and Tick doesn't have to lay down his life anymore. Why didn't they choose that? Would you believe her? I mean, I wouldn't believe her. I think they have every reason not to believe her. Uh, but I, I think that she was telling the truth. I mean, it doesn't look good for her case when she like punitively removes Letty's like immortality or whatever after they don't make that deal. Like that's not a good point, I guess, for her case. But I don't know, Dave, do you think is there some kind of larger allegorical message of Christina as like, you know, white women in the United States? Is there something going on there where there's there's some good but some bad, potentially? I mean, there was the... that brief... we see um, the black family or black... I don't, I don't remember if it was a family now, but they move into Letty's neighborhood, mm-hmm. which I guess you can take it either way. It's either um, it's either an um, instance of Letty is making a neighborhood more comfortable with uh, diversity, or it's um, white people who attribute like, oh, Letty, this woman has ruined our neighborhood, so now they've left. White flight of the 1950s. I guess you could take it either way, but I think that we're pointing in that direction a lot with Christina towards the end. Yeah, I, I don't know, and I would probably lean towards what Josh was saying about the white flight piece. I don't know if it's, it's going to be a bright spot i i I don't think that the the community in the 50s is accepting the diversity you know per se uh based on everything that we've seen earlier in the show but i I, christina's death is one of the most brutal parts of the whole episode mikey did you at least like uh d merkin christina at the end (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, D now has a bionic arm uh, from like Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid Five, and she <laughs> crushes the windpipe of Christina. I was really hoping the the animal, the monster thing, was going to eat Christina, but she kills her, and uh, I mean. The whole thing at the end, I guess, with Gia was they took magic away from all of the white people. That's what yes, uh, Letty says. Uh, so that was the end game, uh, I guess, for them. But yeah, she is like powerless sitting underneath all of this rubble because she has no powers now. And she ends up getting killed by D. I don't know if she says anything significant between them, but that was the end of Christina. Dave, did you think that was a good moral decision to steal magic from white people and retain it still in the world? I mean, it's really this really alters the future of Hogwarts. <laughs> like, all they had was like Dean Thomas, so they're kind of fucked. It's a pretty broad brush right for all white people like in the world like i'm totally fine you know like american racism you know like is is horrible i can definitely understand that but like there are people in latvia who are as white as they get who just spent the last 10 years under adolf hitler and joseph stalin in 1955 maybe they could have a little bit of magic too (laughs) you know like i'm not i don't know like mikey i'm sure how, how did you feel about the all white people uh, in the world can't have magic now. Well, the thing to me is like, well, does everybody know about magic? What like we <laughs> still don't know like what other people are thinking or seeing when all of this crazy shit is happening. Like they they either die or they're just like have their backs turned to all of this crazy shit going on. Like we still don't know what regular people see. So it's to me, I don't care. I've only seen like three white people with magic. I right. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't matter to me, but as far as I could tell, all of them were racist, so that's a positive for <laughs> the <laughs> our protagonists, I guess. I don't know how it's going to affect next season if there is one. Pappy and Mikey, we love our Lord of the Rings, and we're going to record Two Towers, like a whole series on that soon, right? Very soon. But the way I kind of see this in this episode is like, it's very much an Isildur moment. Like, Maybe they should have just destroyed magic. Throw the ring into the fires! <laughs> and just completely destroy it. Like, then Christina can't even try to do her thing. Like, D. I don't know. Like, D can still be fixed just using, like. Atticus her is mom- dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, her mom is smart enough to just make her the bionic arm. Like, I don't think they need magic anymore. I guess that's a big thing that I don't understand still. Like,. Sorry, harping on Is that. Is it that they now secretly like it? Or, like, I don't understand either. Like, what was... I feel like Letty was not a fan of magic for the whole season, and now she's going to just keep it for the black people. I don't know what her plan is to do. There's a lot of, like, Christianity themes kind of along those tracks with Letty. Like, there's a whole, like, baptism scene... That to me didn't really work at all in this. It's like cut up between them being in the church and then viewed later in the Gia flashback. But there's that. 
there's a lot of mention of like using the devil's tools so i think josh kind of to your point it's like wielding the one ring against sauron now and then there's the character of hannah to uh dave did you like track what was happening in the ancestral plane at all that actually might have been one of my favorite parts of this whole whole episode um no idea what was happening um (laughs) just a real sense of urgency looked cool um gotta get that book man um that book is vital i took to mean those scenes um and they were conscious they were conscious you know they were they were uh, aware of what was going on and but for me i was like okay i'm sure they're gonna do great things i think pappy said that he liked the ancestral plane stuff and i found like the way that tick and letty just like fell to the floor unconscious and like woke up there pretty weak like are you afraid of the dark type shit at that point? <laughs> and like the red lighting in that scene reminded me of some of the really like crappy indie movies that we've covered on this pod. Oh, this is an HBO show. It's not even <laughs> TV. It's beyond TV. <laughs> I didn't think some of the stuff looked great. Like maybe the slow motion fire when tick is visiting his ancestor, like didn't it look like Xbox kind of Xbox one. What I what I liked about it was I thought the I don't know I don't have the actress's name who played Hannah in front of me. I, I thought it was cool to finally hear her talk. I thought she did an awesome job. I liked kind of as Dave said, I liked the sense of urgency that was being kind of instilled from the ancestors in Tick and Letty. Like I thought that was at least interesting that they're kind of both going off having their lessons with the ancestors and then coming back together. And then like I don't know, the mo- the mom stuff I, I love my mom. She just told me uh, I did a like Google Hangout with her tonight. She's like, "I listen to every episode of Lovecraft. I have no idea what's happening, but I love your podcast." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that's so sweet, mom. Thank you." So I, I don't know, like, that's just not what your mom sounds like. Not even a little bit. But Josh, did you did the did the texting his mom stuff resonate with you emotionally at all? I made a note about this. Her lesson she instills in her son is in life. You think you have a choice, but you don't. Like it's the least heartening thing I've heard ever. <laughs> so I can just do whatever I want because there's no point in choosing anything or deciding anything. I don't think the acting was bad, but just like that choice of theology, I guess, is head scratching. I'm really not a hero because I had no free will after all. This is all predestined. <laughs> I have no courage. I don't. I don't know. I. Uh, I didn't think this episode's uh, from a very positive intro. It's skewing very, very negative. Last ca- last character I wanted to touch on, Mikey Hippolyta. One of my favorite characters throughout the series, but I feel like if you're going to have a whole scene in the one episode that I gave a note to where we're establishing that she's this badass warrior chick and has fought in wars, why is she so useless in the face of a bunch of white... White villagers she, in the 50s. She gets her ass kicked by uh, what are essentially one generation away from pilgrims. They're, <laughs> they just come out with pitchforks and like torches. <laughs> and they kick her ass when she was a, a great tribal warrior in like a past life or whatever we want to say she right. was on. It's, I don't know. And then Montrose also gets his ass kicked in that scene and so does... 
Uh, like, why did, wasn't Giad turning into the monster? Why wasn't she kicking some ass right there? Right. I don't understand a lot of uh, a lot of the decisions. I feel like they gave a lot of these characters powers, almost like X Men style. And the thing about X Men is that the thing you really like about Wolverine is you know his claws are adamantium and like a little bit about how his body heals itself. And, you know, it's not science or anything, but at least there's like some sort of set of rules that you know, he has to like abide by going into stuff. And I just feel like Hippolyta on one hand, she's making a biotic arm for her daughter. That's dope. And on the other hand, she's yeah, (laughs) letting these Southern Indiana people whip her ass and it just doesn't (laughs) track really. But also, like, did we even get to see her make the arm? We just kind of see D with the arm, and we just assume that Hippolyta made it because it's a freaking Terminator arm. She's the only one with that knowledge. We don't even get to see that. There's so much stuff that we just have to, like, put into our own context throughout this whole first season, and it's a little frustrating. That's how they decided to do so much of the storytelling. Yeah, and... I guess before we get to yes or no and comment, I want to do a yes or no for obviously episode 10 uh, full circle, but then also like we've been doing on all of these, a second yes or no, but this one will be for the series overall. But were there any, any final thoughts that you guys had anything that we didn't touch on um, as Lovecraft in a whole, this episode, any other episodes? I think my, my, I just remember that pilot. And it, I was so that that pilot was a perfect pilot mm-hmm. to me, and I just did not expect to feel this underwhelmed when it all came to an end. I agree. I mean, that scene with Jackie Robinson on like Space Moon or whatever, and Cthulhu was there. It's like that is just pure imagination. And I'm expecting like Scooby Doo Monster of the Week X Files type scenario where they're running into a different. Lovecraft monster, but we get this weird uh, story with Christina where she just wants immortality. I don't care about her. I want the weird monsters and these protagonists that I like. Now, most of them are dead. I agree. It was like where the racism stuff butted up against the monster stuff that was really interesting to me. And I feel like it slowly went away from that during the course of the season. Um but another note I had just based on that is like there's a couple N-words in this episode that I didn't really appreciate coming from like the random ancestor or whatever that we're supposed to know. Like, let's just drop the this isn't so historically accurate here and scientific that we need to like hear that. Oh, from I Titus did, or whatever. Yeah, I did not like that. And then a funny note I have is that. There's one point where like the great great grandma of Tick is reading this spell in the language of Adam, and I swear at one point she says, "Spoiler man, spoiler man." <laughs> yeah, I actually paid for that spot. Actually, it came out of our multi-million dollar budget. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna take a lot of what you guys said and kind of lead that into my yes or no. Uh, I'm gonna give episode ten. A no. I don't really have much to say about it. We just talked about it quite a bit. It's a soft no. For the series, 
Uh, for the series, okay, I, I stand by all of the individual yes or no's I gave, save for the Indiana Jones one. I w- I should have given that a no in retrospect, and it was kind of a sign of like how unfocused this show can be sometimes. Um, Lovecraft Country is unfortunately less than the sum of its parts in a lot of sense. Like the overarching narrative, like with the Book of Adam and the language and and these people and the ancestors and everything. I think it actually probably takes away more than it adds. And like, I, I, I don't say this about every show. It feels like I say it about a lot of shows, but I think it's better if it would be more episodic, more self-contained and less serialized. Like I, I think about it. If I mean, a lot of these episodes, there, there wasn't a lot of context, right? When we would jump from episode to episode, we'd kind of like get up to speed of, of where we were. What if that was even, more extreme and each episode would instead focus specifically on a a single member of the family like kind of interacting with this evil with this presence the other family members can be way in the background they're there they're in the background that's happening but it's more of this lovecraft interfacing with racism interfacing you know with, with 1950s black experience in the united states have that and then you can have episode 10 have the be the episode where everyone comes together. That's when Gia should have showed up episode 10. That's when like all of these powers, Hippolytus powers, D's bionic arm, everything's coming together. That monster that they can summon, everything should have come together in that moment. And if you still want to make a grand sacrifice, you can still make a grand sacrifice, but at least it'd be more, I don't know, fulfilling and, and fulfilling is just not a way I would say that was left at the end of, ep- of, ep- of Lovecraft. But what my yes or no hinges on isn't actually anything that I've mentioned Lovecraft, the series, season one is a soft no for me for the simple fucking reason that we didn't get Cthulhu ever again after that first episode. And it made a fool out of me because I predicted Cthulhu every episode. Every time we got together, I'm like, oh, he's coming, guys. Just wait. Next episode, here comes Cthulhu. And we never got him. And I was so underwhelmed. It was like looking at the end of a Brady Bunch episode when there's only five minutes left, you're like, fuck, they're not going to be able to wrap it up in, the, in this. It's going to be a to-be-continued. It's like, there's five minutes left in Lovecraft. I'm only thinking about, fuck, when's Cthulhu going to show up? Is mm-hmm. it going to be like a Game of Thrones type thing where they walk into the fire and there's a Cthulhu egg or something? And we didn't get that. But soft no for the series. But the individual episodes themselves, I think there's a lot of entertainment there. Um, let's keep the same order. I think, Dave, we started with you. Uh, please give us a yes or no uh, for episode 10 and Lovecraft as a series. And, and don't forget to plug your fantastic podcast, Goodbye Melbic Road, and any other projects that are coming up you want to talk about. You're very kind. You're very kind. Um, yeah, Goodbye Melbic Road just wrapped up season three, but we got we got special episodes. There's going to be a special episode in November, in December, in January. We have a, we have a whole week event in February. It's going to be great. Um, and uh, check out the television project, 100 Favorite Shows. I wrote 100 different essays about 100 different shows, and that'll be coming out wow. very soon. I'm going to do one per day. A uh, little drip drop. And so, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go medium no mm. on the episode, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to be a medium yes on the whole show. I thought the episode definitely a bit of a letdown. Um, maybe we're still building towards, not building towards, but, uh, going somewhere else after this. So maybe it's not necessarily the final statement of the series. Um, but I do think that there were some really high highs on the show. I mean, like you mentioned, Jackie Robinson was a great moment. Uh, the whole first episode just blew me away, honestly. Um, and Letty's ghost house, um, was great. And Hippolyta's trip through time. Fantastic. 
so there were some high highs, and I ultimately enjoyed the experience. Very emotional experience, um, sensory-oriented. Uh, and so it did leave me a little cold at times, not caring about these characters, but... Ultimately, I got to go with it. Yes, it, gave, it was a it was a fun experience, and I got to do this podcast, which was like the best thing ever. Love to hear that, Dave. Been a great guest, uh, four time four time around the club. I think that probably puts you in the top half of guests. Uh, Let's go. Definitely one of our one of our favorite guests ever. But Money Aww. Mike, one of the original members of Spoilers Podcast. You've done a lot of TV, done a lot of movies, done a couple video game episodes in your day. But where do you stand on Lovecraft Country? Uh, this episode, I'll have to give it a soft uh, no. I just I thought it was ending on a very uh, flat note. I, I didn't care much for the ending and tick tying if that stays how it goes in the next season i don't know i mean i thought he was so great in this season so it just to see him die and uncle george die it's like wow killed two of the best uh characters there so as far as the whole season i'll give it a soft yes uh i think everything besides like <laughs> the overarching story and like maybe writing is pretty strong just the i don't care about anything christina is doing i just want monster of the week stuff and we never really get that and i thought that was really disappointing and no cthulhu like you said that right at least in the finale if this is a one-off season if you tease that you gotta you gotta give us that in the end i mean that's what everybody knows lovecraft for and you gotta Give us something, maybe not Cthulhu, like some monster or something. But yeah, it's just very soft. Yes, if it's a one-off season, I'll I'll be fine with that. I'm not looking forward to watching next season if it does come back. So that's what I'll say. Uh, interesting as you mentioned that uh, host Stevie obviously couldn't be here tonight. He's got uh, family expanding and things going on in his life, but he says uh, he wrote it and he said yes. Solid yes on the series, hard yes on the pilot and finale. Um, interestingly enough, but he says he thinks that the show should be and could be done for good uh, for his for his money. But last but not least, Josh, uh, how do you, how do you stand on episode ten and, and the series overall? Miss Stevie, I wish she was on the pod tonight. We could have used Me some too. positivity. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are overly negative, and I hope no one stops listening to us. Uh, just trying to tell it like we see it and happy i read the thing you wrote from our twitter account today that said lovecraft country is less than the sum of its parts oh yeah and i wasn't sure exactly what you meant but i knew in my heart that when i watched the episode later today there would be no cthulhu (laughs) (laughs) for real i would be like lovecraft country is more than the sum of its cthulhu parts (laughs) uh i think making an episode finale of a season especially a strong like well-written series i think it's really hard we don't see it very often and that's why because it's so hard um i do appreciate in this episode that they wrap things up but maybe calling the episode full circle is a little on the nose (laughs) i feel like um so i guess i'll give the episode a soft no but again apologies for being too negative here tonight um for the season as a whole i'm gonna give it a yes it was just too fun to watch to not give it a yes but for next season i think 
I would like to make a pitch. Like I made a terrible X-Men metaphor earlier and I apologize for that as well. But I think that for next season, if they do get renewed and come back, I think they got a kind of a cool thing going with, you know, they have Hippolyta who's like the Ozymandias character. Now they have Gia who can turn into the nine tailed thing. And she's got to like harness that um, D is like <laughs> they are got a bionic man. arm. Oh my yeah, god! She's like she's on the verge of like turning evil with her Lovecraft pet. Uh, and you got Montrose, who's a really good actor in real life. <laughs> drinks a lot. Incredible drinker. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if they could, like you said, be episodic and maybe start using those powers a little bit more consistently, and when it makes sense for them to do it, like. GI should have been busting out those tiger tails all episode mm-hmm. to kill those villagers. Like the Southern Indiana villagers again, just got the best <laughs> of them. They shouldn't have. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's a soft no for the episode and a yes for the series. I mean, you said we were skewing a little bit negative. Lovecraft fared much better than television, like Game of Thrones, that we've done in the past. So if you've if they've listened to those episodes and didn't stop listening to us, hopefully Lovecraft won't be the straw that broke the camel's back. But what <laughs> might get you to stop listening to us is we're doing more spooky spoilers. Oh no! The mist coming down the pipe, then one more Spooky Spores, probably around Halloween. Then we'll get back into our regular content. We got Christmas Chronicles coming up. Christmas Chronicles 2, I guess, coming up. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, um, Mandalorian, lots of good stuff. So check out check out the Spoilers feed. Please subscribe uh, wherever you're listening to it, YouTube, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, wherever you're looking at listening as well. Take a second, look for Goodbye Mel Brick Road. Uh, subscribe to that as well so you can hear oh. more of Dave. You're in between seasons. Now's the perfect time to catch up on all of his season three uh, excellent podcasts uh, before season four comes out next summer. Uh, once again, Dave, thank you for being on. And thank you, audience, for listening. And thank you, Spoiler Man, for taking us away. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Sorry, my mic. Is everything okay? My mic stand just collapsed twice in a row. Hold on a second. (laughs) That was spoilers.